0: The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked to Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Jesus said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. This is the gospel of our Lord. Way, 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 way back in the day, this is um, usually the, the breaking point, the tipping point, the, the sorting hat for how you experience Christianity for the rest of your life. How did you feel when you went to Sunday school one Sunday and you learned about Abraham, who was asked by God, to sacrifice his son Isaac. Think about it. What kind of effect did it have on you as a Christian? How did it inform your faith? What did it teach you about God? Well, back in that day, people they looked like groups of people that would travel around in the wilderness, the desert. Though in the Fertile Crescent, it used to be nice and green everywhere. And there was this guy who stepped onto the world stage named Abraham. And he was married to a woman named Sarah. And they both struggled with infertility. Which is a very, very difficult cross to bear as married people. Seeing this, God promised Abraham, Here now, Abraham, I make a covenant with you today. Put your trust, put your faith in me above all else. Put your faith and your trust in me above your wealth, above all of your flocks of sheep, cattle, above your relationships, above your job, Put your faith in me above everything else, and I will provide for you alone. I will bless you. I will even give you a son in your old age, and through this son you will have many descendants, as many as stars in the sky and sand on a seashore. Abraham believed God's promise, and this belief is called faith, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Believing in God's promise credits you with righteousness, holiness, perfectness, salvation. And so a few years go by, and Abraham has his one and only son, Isaac, He brought him much joy. But one day, God asks something of Abraham. He says, Abraham, take your only begotten son, whom you love, and bring him to the top of a nearby mountain and offer him up there as a burnt sacrifice for your sins. And just to kind of give you some understanding... When we heard our cantor chant, Holocaust you did not desire, that is the Hebrew word, Holocaust, for whole burnt offering. Which is what gods would require of people in sacrifice. To, you know, put the whole lamb into a fire and offer the whole thing up instead of cutting off a piece of it and offering it up a whole burnt offering, a holocaust. And so it's difficult to imagine this kind of scenario in our day-to-day life. It's hard to imagine this happening to you, God appearing to you and saying, offer up your only begotten son to me as a whole burnt offering. And that's because we live in a completely different world today. And we've known this story, it's referenced all the time. There's even, uh, I think, um, this, there's a video game that has been sold for over 15 years called The Binding of Isaac, referencing this Bible story. And people keep buying it. And so to place ourselves into Abraham's shoes, you'd have to imagine his worldview. And his worldview can be yours. It goes like this. God told me what I need to do. He's God. I'm not God. He made me. I cannot make myself or decide who I want to be. I receive everything as a gift from God. Life, everything that I have is a gift from God. So I must do what he wants me to do. Now, why? Because Abraham is a faithful man. He does what God desires of him. Maybe he considered defying God's will. I don't know. I know we do. I know I do each day. I don't want to do what God wants me to do. It's hard. Maybe Abraham even had tears in his eyes for the three days that he marched up the mountain. Who knows? But this would have confused Abraham, I can let you know, that sacrificing a child is not something that God asks people to do. It's what other gods, it's what evil gods ask to be done. This wasn't what Abraham signed up for with God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. But because he's faithful, Abraham packs wood onto a donkey, he grabs his sacrificial knife. And his son Isaac, a few servants to help them carry everything, and they set their face towards the mountain. Multiple days into his journey with Isaac, and then going up the mountain, fully intent on sacrificing him to God, Isaac breaks the silence. Dad, I see we have the wood, I see you're making fire with flint. I see you have a knife. Everything's ready for the sacrifice. But where is the sacrifice? And so Abraham looks into his only begotten son's eyes, whom he loves. And he promises him, as a father promises a son, full of love, Isaac, God will provide a lamb for sacrifice. Thousands of years later, out in the wilderness, crowds of people will flock to see John the baptizer baptize probably thousands of people. And by being baptized, they show that they are repentant and they desire the forgiveness of sins. They're baptized in the Jordan River. And that's where their sins are washed away and become brown sludge in clear water or previously clear water. All hatred, all of the lying, all of the cheating, all of the pain, the grief of losing a loved one. All of the ways that people have been hurt by others and have hurt others is washed away in the waters of this baptism and they muck up what was once fresh living water of the Jordan thousands of people all sharing the same bath water prepared clean ready to receive the Holy Spirit from the promised Messiah this John the Baptizer has been talking about, to receive faith in the Savior that John was preaching and teaching about. And here he comes, Jesus of Nazareth. I'm sure the people expected him to stand up on a high hill and zap them, and say, all right, now you're holy. Now you have... The Holy Spirit. Here I am. Everything's going to be all right. Don't worry. And if I could, I would do the thing where I go and like wink at you, but I can't. And that's not what Jesus does. Instead, Jesus keeps walking. You know, he's he here. He comes. It's Jesus, and then he just keeps walking. And then he's walking down, 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 and he goes into the water, the disgusting, icky, black, brown, sludgy water full of people's sins, full of our sins, all mixed in there. The ways we've hurt one another and let our Lord down. The promises we make and break. The hurt we hold in our hearts for months and months and years and years, decades. Jesus doesn't think twice about it. He goes right down into it. This spotless, cute, fluffy, white lamb goes down into the muck. All his wool soaks up all that brown filth like a sponge And he comes back out, baptized in our place for the sins of the world. And from there, he begins his lowly march back up a mountain. What should be a spotless, sinless white lamb is instead the beaten, mocked, Dirty lamb carrying our, our sin, our pain, our sorrow, our brokenness to the top of Mount Calvary. And so we ask again and again, Father, we have the wood. Where's the sacrifice? Father, God, who will mend our broken hearts? God, who will treat our wounds? Who will fix our broken relationships? And we hold to the promise credited to us as righteousness. We believe God's word by faith. Simple trust in these words. God will provide the lamb for sacrifice. As Jesus Christ carries his own wooden cross up Mount Calvary to make a sacrifice, whipped, spat on, pushed, mocked, John the Baptizer points at Jesus and loudly declares as often as he can, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There he is. There's the lamb. We are in the season after Christmas called Epiphany. It's a season of reflecting on how God appears to us after for so long insisting on being invisible. Don't make any graven images of me, he says. But there on that mountain 2,000 years ago, God does appear, appear to us. God makes himself and his love perfectly visible to us humans. He makes himself visible in his precious death on the cross for your sins. That all who believe in him, and I mean all, Every single one who believes in him, his death, his resurrection, for your sins, your brokenness, your hurt, will receive forgiveness as one sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, one whole burnt offering up to God. God the Father spared Abraham the pain of his son dying. But God the Father did not spare his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. All that thick, dark sludge of our sin, your sin, has been burned away and it's now gone. It's gone forever because of his great love for you. And now in your baptism, which, yes, probably happened years ago, or maybe you desire it and we can make that happen for you. That baptism continues to make a lasting impact in your daily life. Each day when you rise from bed, full of Christ's new life, you rise out of the water which was made dark and sludgy by your sin, having shared in christ 's death, but you're now resurrected. Your sins, your sins are washed away. they have been paid for by the mighty victory over of christ's defeat of death, by his death on the cross. and he now gives you his the, the, vic, the benefits of his victory by faith in his word. And those words are, your sins are forgiven. Those words are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those words are, this is my body, this is my blood, given and shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Faith in those words. And that's why we join in with John the Baptist each Sunday. We sing as a community right after the words of institution in which I consecrate the Lord's Supper. We sing, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. And we continue to preach to one another Jesus is here, the lamb, the sacrifice for our sins. He's here to forgive us. We call one another to meet Jesus, like how Andrew called his brother Simon, how John called his disciple Andrew, how Jesus called John. We call one another to meet Jesus, to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And when you eat his flesh and drink his blood, as he says in his gospel in John chapter 6, you will receive the benefits of eternal life and resurrection on the last day. These words, they give you great hope for seeing your loved one again. Yes, but they also give you great joy now, knowing you have Christ now. You, will, you have forgiveness now. You have mercy now. You have Jesus now. You are washed in the blood of the Lamb. May these words be sung not only here, but out there as well, so that all the world can come to meet Jesus. Amen.